Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue with our American stories and with the story of an American classic. Stephen Ross is the largest real estate developer in America, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and he shared his life story with our own Alex Cortez. Stephen Ross is a Detroiter born and bred. Until his parents dragged him against his will midway through his freshman year of high school to Miami Beach, Florida. I hated it down there, actually. And I kind of rebelled against my parents, and I, I, I got into a little trouble. I mean, I, I mean, I, as opposed to studying, I'd you know go out playing the gambling a little bit, and you know, I mean, I had a, I had a, you know, everything but study. Even though my parents really tried to be strict, you know, my father lectured all the time, as opposed because he was working, and then he'd lecture me. 
I guess it didn't do any good, you know, but it, it, ultimately, I guess it sunk in. I mean, I don't know. I wanted to get out of there. I went to, my parents said, well, if you're going to leave, you don't want to go to school here, you have to go to military school. <laughs> so I spent about four days of military school and said, I'll go back to school, <laughs> you know. And, uh, I mean, I, I talked to most of my friends, I mean, Probably my background was probably different than most because I'd never excelled early in life. And I was, I only got into college because they had to accept me because I had a standardized test that I scored well enough that the school had to take you and they flunked out two thirds of the freshman class. They tell you, look on your left and look on your right. The person sitting next to you won't be here next year. And, uh, and so, you, you know, you kind of, it's a wake up call. But I also knew if I wanted something, we didn't, I wasn't going to get anything from my parents. I mean, I wasn't left anything and they had nothing to give me, you know. So I knew what it was, you know, is either sink or swim. And then when I got to college, that's when I really kind of started to being able to do well at the University of Florida, then so I could transfer to Michigan and then law school. And then I got my master's in tax law, which I excelled in and it's probably the best year of school I ever had that I really found something I enjoyed. I'd always get good marks if I liked it, you know? If I didn't like the subject, I didn't do very well. The confidence, I mean, you know, you have to first find your confidence that you can succeed and, and do something well and excel to continue on. I mean, as they say, success breeds success. I mean, my teachers told my parents they were wasting their time sending me to college, which is really kind of funny, right, when I look back at it now. So, I mean, I look at myself, I was a late starter in life because it, it, I'm probably, I was probably about the least likely to succeed in my high school class. You know, so you tell me how much the, the teachers know. And so the environment in which you're brought up, I mean, even with your parents, as much as my parents emphasized that and I could see, see things, it was really later that I really saw things a lot more clearly, you know? After getting his master's degree at NYU, Stephen went back to his hometown to work at an accounting firm as a tax attorney. I was doing very well practicing law and, you know, certain life is really kind of funny. It's kind of impulsive. I'm in my office one day. It was, in fact, I remember it. I can still picture it. It was June, I think it was June 7th or June 9th in 1968, the night before Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. And I'd watch it that at night. And that next day, you're wondering in life, hey, you never know when it's over, and thinking about that, you know. And he was a relatively young guy. And the partner walks in my office and asks me if I want to go to a seminar in New York. I said, you know what? And I didn't even ever thought about it. I said, I want to go. I think I want to go to New York for good, as a matter of fact. I'm quitting, I'm, I'm moving to New York. Never entered my mind. It never went from my mind to, you know, I'm, I'm gonna think about leaving, and I hadn't even thought about leaving. And it just came up. I mean, life is so impulsive. Sometimes we don't even know ourselves, you know, what's really, what's going on. So he then brought in the senior partner, and they, you know, Steve's quitting, he's leaving. He was going to New York, you know. And, he, and the guy said, what do I you mean, Steve, you're doing great here, you're gonna be a partner here, and blah, blah, blah. But I got bored, and I could see how I was tailing off in my mind. And I was just ready for something, and, and that, that sparked it without me even thinking about it, you know? So a lot of things, you know, in life we think we're in control of, 
we're not necessarily in control of it. We really don't know. It takes something, it takes a spark for something to happen. I've told my mother, she said, you don't know anybody in New York. I said, hey, you know, I went there, I loved it. And it, you know, the story is if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And uh, off I went, you know. And when I went to New York then, the firm called and made several appointments for me to help me. You know, Lazard Freer, Goldman Sachs, and what have you. And I went and I interviewed. And then I saw a paper, this little article about Laird, which was a, a new firm startup, young guys. It was backed by the DuPonts. It was very waspy. There was no Jews in the whole firm. They were doing a lot of really creative things. And, you know, the head of the firm was like 37 and 34 and 31. And, and everybody said, you know, how can you consider it? You got a job at Lazard. That's the best deal house there is. And I took the job at Laird. You know, I'm sitting around the table when I went there and they, they said to me, why'd you come here? I said, well, I really narrowed it down between Lazard and Laird. And everybody told me to go to Lazard. So I figured I had to come to Laird. You know, you got to... <laughs> And I was there for about a year and a half. They didn't have any money and there was, I was doing things a little different and they didn't quite understand what I was doing. And they suggested maybe I wouldn't be good there. And then two weeks after I left, not, nothing to do with my having left. They had a coup and the firm kind of fell apart. And a friend of mine got me a job at, who, who was working at Bear Stearns, got me an interview and I was working on some creative deals, but I had the guy, I was the wrong guy I was working for. And so I had put together this deal when I was at Laird, putting together a company that they were taking public. It was my idea to, to put several things that he was doing into one company and take it public. I'd been at Bear Stearns about two or three weeks and that's when they had the coup. And uh, the guy called me and said, hey, I'd love to have Bear Stearns do this deal. I have other firms there are smaller firms in Bear Stearns, but would Bear Stearns be interested? Met with this partner. The guy said, it's great. They were located in California. The partner said, uh, I'll be in California next week. You know, I'll meet you and go through the stuff. I made an appointment, doesn't show up. The guy calls me. I go, oh, I got caught up in this other deal I was out there. I'll be either there, make, made an appointment, doesn't show up. Called me again. I told the guy, he said, you know, range of time and I'll call him. So twice that happened, he never called him. So a guy calls me, I said, hey, I would take it public. You got these other firms, I wouldn't wait. I haven't been here long enough, you know. I've been here now, what, two months? And I, I can't tell you what to do, you know. And But if it were me, I'd go get the deal done, not wait for this guy to come out. It goes public, it's on the front page of the uh, Wall Street Journal on the right column, so it's lead article, and blah, 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 and it went from six to 19 in the opening, and that day the, the partner all of a sudden walks into my office for the first time, hey, whatever happened to that company, blah, blah, you know, environmental systems, it was called. I said, um, he's waiting for your phone call, <laughs> you know, and uh, he didn't take that, obviously, and then then after that, he, when I'd be in meetings, he'd, I mean, he's always putting me down and, you know, and all that, and, five, and I was doing a deal. And when, we, when he approved the deal that I had brought in and worked on, and then someone asked him, "Well, who's going to work, you know, work on it for us?" 
one of the senior guys said, well, Steve is, he put it together and he knows it. The guy said, well, I don't have any confidence in Steve. And I said, well, I got no confidence in you. Next morning, I got a phone call. You know, I was fired. <laughs> Did I quit or was I fired? The story's better to say that I got fired, right? But I knew that that night, I knew I couldn't work here anymore before I had the meeting to get this deal approved. I mean, I said, if it gets approved, I mean, I'm thinking, I, 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 and I was ready to quit. I knew even it got approved, I had to get out of there with this guy. I mean, here I'd left two jobs in a, in a really a six month period of time. So with that kind of resume, I, I, who was gonna hire me? And that's how I started my company and I had no money and I wanted to stay in New York. My mother lent me $10,000 to live on and then to bootstrap the company and never had an investor. So for about the next 30 years, every penny I ever earned, I put back in the company and just grew the company. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice story that's true. And, and I really believe, you know, when you're doing something and you're successful, you, you should believe in yourself. Who else can you trust more than yourself? And a great job by Robbie producing the piece, and a special thanks to Alex for finding this story, and it's a beauty. The story of Steve Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, here on Our American Story. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.